0: Hi, guys, and welcome to another edition of, uh, you know, Humans of Finance with Dan. Um On the line, I've got Joel Deal. Um, uh, did I pronounce that right, mate?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yep.
0: Excellent. Mate, thank you so much for um, taking time to chat to me today. Uh, this is the third time that we've tried to tee time up. So I, I am very appreciative of uh, you giving up your valuable time to have a chat to me.
1: No, My pleasure's on mine
0: excellent uh, but but basically the um you know the the i suppose called the catalyst for me to have a chat to you was um i put up on the group a while ago with regard to asking former bankers um you know about why you ended up coming out to the broker side right um hmm. what you wrote was that you know your you had initial aspirations to become a business relationship manager yep, after you've great. been in credit from a couple of years um. So, tell me about that, I mean, like, how, how did you, you know, go from, you know, credit basically to deciding that you wanted to go into sales and then deciding that you ended up becoming a broker?
1: Yeah, so for myself, um, I actually worked as a credit analyst and assessor for quite a number of years. So, initially I started in Westpac um, as a credit assessor um, in mm. the broker partnership unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I got a bit more exposure at Macquarie leasing when I became a credit analyst in the, um, in the asset department, mainly dealing with both the dealership and broker portfolio. So for us at Macquarie, we had quite a lot of interactions on a very frequent basis with um, with a lot of BDMs. And mm-hmm. I guess in a strange way, I sort of looked up to them in a way because I felt like they had a lot of, um, they, were, they were sort of driving a lot of the, they were driving the company forward, their mm. portfolio. Um, you know, they seem very involved, um, putting in extra hours to essentially achieve bigger and better targets for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, in saying that, I won't sort of downplay how important a credit analyst's role is because it, it is fundamental to the whole process. Um, but in terms of what I sort of saw myself doing, in um, I, would, I would have liked to say at the time, in a couple of years from then, um, say about five years ago, would be to um, at the very least have some foot in the door to um, you know to eventually become a relationship manager or a BDM, as as you say. So um, for myself, um, I also wanted to be more involved with helping customers. Um, I think a lot of being in credit is um, essentially being very important in the back end, but there the one aspect that you do miss out on is customer basing and actually being involved with the entire process. Mm-hmm. So um, there's obviously so much involved, especially, which I'll get to about brokering, customer acquisition, um, essentially through degree negotiating, um, obviously finding the right finance solution, something that's suitable or not unsuitable, if you will. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, you know, facilitating the process from um, all the way to finalization. Um, credit has a piece of that part of the process, and I wanted to be involved with the whole process, if you will.
0: Okay, awesome. So I noticed on your LinkedIn, because uh, I did a little bit of snooping, um, so you, you, you were the credit analyst in Westpac when you were in SA, and, but when you were at Macquarie, did you move states or did you still stay in SA?
1: So no, that's correct. I did move from South Australia to uh, Victoria, so i um, been pretty much um, Adelanian born um, for my entire life, but mm-hmm. then made the leap to um try out something new, essentially uh, get a different view of things um, just for personal development as well. Um, in addition to that, my partner was also based in um, Victoria, so I wanted to make the move for her as well. <laughs> so, there so, it
0: is that, so that's the real story, you follow as
1: yeah, well. Yeah, there we go, yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> so yeah, the real yeah. reason is because of my partner, but yeah. in, all, in all honesty, it all seemed to come together and um, to be honest, Macquarie sort of threw in the perfect opportunity to um, Pretty much to do just that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's it's sort of funny because I, I look at your profile and it is actually very similar to mine. Um, you know, I think yeah. Well, you're at Macquarie on uh, St Kilda Road. I was at Macquarie at um, 101 Collins, um, but that was on the on the um, what called the residential team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't an assessor then. I was I was I was a BDM. But prior to that, you know, um, I was uh, many moons ago before I was a BDM. I was actually an assessor. So uh it's, you know it's just uh going from there's not many of us to be honest um mm-hmm. that has the experience from going from the back to the front um so it is it is uh unique uh, i guess where what you see because i think i can kind of tell from the way you wrote what you did because you know um, you said that you know as a ex-credit analyst you know um yeah it was a questionable compliance measures kpi targets cause more strained on um, your self-esteem confidence <laughs> uh mm. then you know a broker putting you down um so is, is that still truthful is that you know well not tr- still truthful but does that do, do you find that that's always the case or
1: um I guess always the case may not be, but I think it only just needs to happen a few times for it to sort of wane on you, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. um, when I refer to sort of like KPIs, compliance, all of which is important because you do need to measure targets, um, Mm. I do believe in that. However, in saying that, I think there's been a very large focus upon, um, if you will, I don't like to say the word, but micromanaging, I'll just go ahead and say it. I you know like and, that, um, that's
0: why most most of us left banking because of micromanaging, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so I guess to a degree there. Um, in saying that, as well, um, with that level of micromanaging, it's sort of it gets to a point where you do one thing right, um, but mm-hmm. oh, you do sorry, more like five to ten things right, but that one thing somehow weighs you down from sort of um, developing to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found up to on my sort of self-confidence um after a few years in as an analyst and i haven't told many people this but i think i'll go ahead and say it. Uh, i got to a point where i spoke with my team leader in credit and basically said oh look my i'm going to be honest my confidence is a bit of an all-time low mm-hmm. um and uh to be honest my team leader was a really big help at trying to um to help me develop in you know as an actual individual she sort of gave me some um hints to sort of develop a bit more on the side uh without which i'm really grateful for um but going back on topic i think the um level of sort of if if we're the level of um sort of kpis and compliance sort of loses the focus as to what credit is all about i think credit's about finding solutions um i think Mm -hmm. to a degree it's gone to a point where um um, basically, it's more, I don't want to say ticking a bit of a box, but I've sort of seen a bit of a move to that, to, to yeah. a degree, just to be pretty fairly, just to be fairly realistic. Mm. And um, to a degree, there are few, obviously, there are a few lenders um, where I do see that, you know, there's a bit of, I don't want to say traditional lending, but, you know, just, you know, we'll actively help you, help work with you to find a solution to achieve the best outcome. Yet, at the same time, we do need to do the right thing by us as a company and as a lender to ensure we're doing the right thing and the mm-hmm. responsible thing so I think mean, there's that balance that um, I wanted to sort of I wanted to achieve but I think every time I sort of try to do that to a degree um, you know we do get pushed back a little bit for mm-hmm.
0: that okay so I'm going to take a little bit of a step back again um, mm-hmm. so you went from a credit officer to a broker was was that that first jump what, what went for your head were you scared were you um nervous or did you did you just know that you're gonna kick ass and um actually another question is when you're in it
1: when your (laughs) expectations met (laughs) um yeah so that's a very interesting question because um whenever you sort of take this leap of faith um I think it's always important to sort of not to know that you know there are gonna be times when you are going to be awesome but there are gonna be times when you're not um, hmm. And that's all part of the learning journey. I knew that going from something where I was in the back end to essentially a broker, hmm. um, I knew that a lot of people were going to sort of perceive me as a bit of a bean counter initially, you know, sort of that nerdy <laughs> yep. guy, if you will. Yep. Um, and to a degree, I, um, I think I sort of adjusted into the brokering um, aspect quite well because I felt there was a little bit more freedom to um, sort of help guide the process um, having in the most efficient manner the way I'd I'd see suitable and try to help customers proactively find solutions we'll get to Mm -hmm. that a bit later but um, I was of course I was nervous but I think whenever that you're wanting to do something that means a lot to you if you will Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to be a bit nervous. You have to have a bit of fear drive you to take the next step because um, if, you, if you're if going too cocky, it's just not going to work. You know, you're going to miss a lot of things. You're not going to learn properly. And, you know, it'll actually, you know, you'll just come off as that cocky guy that, you know, just got a bit full of himself. <laughs>
0: yeah, I get what you mean because you're not going to really learn unless you make mistakes, right? Um, and uh, if, if it was always that easy, a lot of people would be doing it right now. Um,
1: That's hundred percent correct. And in saying that as well, um, if, if brokering was that easy, then yeah, I think you know there wouldn't be a need for myself to go into it either. I wouldn't. Uh, I would just see that be too many brokers. Not you know, no place for another one in the market, yeah. if you know what I mean.
0: So your your background then was across the board, really, from residential to uh, asset finance. It looks like it, right? But you, you spent more time in the asset finance space. Is, is, is have you found yourself just specializing in that or are you just an all-rounder like a gp just just doing whatever customers come to you with
1: yeah so primarily we're in asset um personal loans uh business finance so i, I say a little bit more smaller ticket if you will to help assist customers with cash flow in in a business space mm-hmm. um but if you will a bit all-rounded i will say that we don't actually touch much of residential and the only reason that i've sort of made that decision though a lot of people have given me eyebrows for it um is because um there are a lot of good brokers um brokers in the market and Mm. not to say there's not a lot of good asset brokers but um i think it's to the point where i don't think i'd be i think i could think of a lot more a lot of people that could do the job better than i could if Mm -hmm. that makes sense so i felt that it's better to I'm sort of focus on the actual niches that I'm actually able to provide.
0: It's it's interesting you say that because the the, the stats are a pretty um, what do you call it uh, are pretty uh, pretty in favour of what you're doing because you know I've said that once and I've said it again you know six to probably close to seven out of ten mortgages is done via the broker channel, right? Yep. What you're doing though in terms of numbers, it's only actually one out of ten. So, uh, while, while it's sort of funny that you, you've decided to to do what you're doing, but you've you've probably got the best advantage um, because I, I think growing anything from you know to one out of ten or two out of ten is a lot easier than maintaining the six out of ten, right? So, I'm moving to seven or eight. So you know, well, well done. I think you know whether yeah, by design or just by coincidence, you're doing what you're doing. It's it's, it's awesome.
1: Hmm. So um. I do like the point that you've mentioned there in terms of that one out of 10, because um, I was sort of needing the market um, reason, a big reason for going into brokering was to um, try to sort of be that bridge between a customer not being able to achieve that goal, just due to finances mm. and being able to achieve it. Um, I think in terms of um, say, for example, just your everyday mom and dad going into a dealership to buy a vehicle. Mm. Um, essentially those sort of deals, you know, clean credit, um, every, you know, long-term employment, residential history, um, you know, there's no sort of issues, clean serviceability. Those sort of deals are like anyone can, I I don't want to say, but look, it, you know, anyone can go into the, they can go to the dealership, they can go to the bank and anyone get them approved. Like, to be honest, um, a broker may be able to help get them a better rate and they be able to help facilitate the process to Mm -hmm. a degree. But in saying that, um, I think there's more of a need for customers that um, aren't entirely sure about or confident about the financial landscape and aren't so, if you will, um, confident with sort of traversing into it themselves. Um, And I think that's, you know, a broker's role is really important to help guide customers and provide their educational piece as well.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So, looking back now, um, I mean, you're technically still pretty new in the broker space, right? Yep. But is, is there something you would say to you as, uh, in, well, sorry, if you were able to get back in time and meeting yourself as you were just embarking on the broker space, is there something you would say don't do? Or is there anything regrets that you um, would tell a younger you not to do?
1: Um, I'll be honest. I'll go back to a question you actually mentioned. I like, Did I sort of get arrogant? Um. Like having, have I sort of, I think I'd sort of kick ass right out the gate. I think there are moments of yeah. like that where I probably when early, quite early on, may have got a little bit for myself. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, okay, I will admit like it's happened a few times here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, don't do that. Be grounded. Always make sure that, you know, you know, it's focus is always going to be on, you know, it's always going to be on the customer. Um, I, I just always say that, you know, keep your feet on the ground and make sure that, you know, you're relevant in the, mar- in the market, especially mm-hmm. in today's world where, um, you know, there's there's quite a bit going on. Uh, be a flexible individual. Always. Um, in terms of regrets, I don't think that I have anything to that I would necessarily regret as per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess just to keep my own character in check to ensure that um, I stay on the right track at all times. And... I think, to be honest, it's it's especially with sales. One of the biggest um, things I had a bit of a tough time adjusting to yeah. um, was the um, lack of—I don't want to say a stable wage—but when you were when you are in banking, um, you know, it's pretty predictable. Mm. Um, mm. You know, just used to churn out the numbers, and you know, essentially, you get paid your um, your wage just you know right there and there. You know getting tied to a bonus if you do well at the end of the year um pretty mm. simple stuff but um with brokering it's very um sick it can be a little bit cyclical so i think that may be another aspect that probably was said you know be prepared for when you do really well but just don't you know don't get carried away yep um it's pretty much it
0: right now you're you're still in melbourne
1: um actually no I've um I've actually um, trapped not trap. Yeah, I've travelled. I've uh, moved to Queensland um, permanently. So in Brisbane, actually, just just a <laughs> oh, few man. months ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've been over the place. Um, and surprise, surprise, once again, it's for uh, my partner. She's actually got a. Um, she's actually um, uh, doing a, a study up in Brisbane. So okay. for her course, and yep. so we've decided to make the move to. We decided to make the permanent move to. Um, uh, to go to Bris- to stay in Brisbane. Um, so um, that's that happened just about three to four months ago.
0: So that's pretty cool for guys to both yourself and your partner. I mean, you're you've supported her by coming
1: number one first to Melbourne,
0: and now you're going to Queensland. Number two, I think she's given you a bit of support too because it's your your full time job, and you're doing this. I wouldn't say lost because it's approaching or doing what we're doing right now. 100%. There is no permanent guaranteed income, right? Hundred percent, so, and um... so. I was going to say, without love- the support of your partner, a partner that's understanding and, and encouraging it, it's, it's, it can be quite stressful.
1: Yep. Um, I love how you mentioned, yeah, that aspect, because when you sort of put the timeline together, it looks like it's, um you know, I've sort of moved because of her, but the actual truth is it's the other way around. Um, huh? uh, yes, well, in a sense that, um, truthfully, I wouldn't have started the business if it wasn't for her support. Um because I've sort of told a couple of people before I started and, you know, a lot of people sort of just looked at me with eyebrows. Um, I guess a good example of this, I'll be honest, my parents once wasn't so in tune with the idea. Um, So I sort of dropped hints at them at one point. They sort of, you know, hinted back disapproval, so. Okay, look, yes. I'll be really honest with you. I started the organization without telling them and after a the months in, um, sort of <laughs> dropped the news. Uh, by the way, I, I sort of you know, started up a company, so I yeah, yeah. um, went independent. And um, I, don't, I don't think they like that part too much, but um, really um, my partner is MyRock, and look, I've I think that it's a two-way street. I want to be there for her when she, you know, is going through her tough times because um, before she actually came here, she was, when you do, for her course, she actually can't technically work during the time. So um, mm. it's sort of, when I started out, um, she was the one working, you know, yes. sort of giving the support and also emotional support because I mean, there's only broken nose and when you do start out it's the hardest time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in addition to that, you know, come the flip side, I've, um, you know, come to help her out when she's doing her course. And in, in that sense, you know, we both feel each other up. And truthfully, in terms of myself as an individual, I don't think I would have even thought about moving to Melbourne if it wasn't for her. And I don't mean like just the pure incentive of her being there in Melbourne, but just, you know, the willpower to even do it in the first place.
0: Well, it, it, you know, just what you guys are doing. Number one, you moving cities, you know, um, and and your partner studying again and moving cities. That's just massive. I'm I'm in awe of that, to be honest. Um, but like I said, you know, at the very beginning of the co- this conversation, you and I have a very similar path. We were both uh, credit assessors. I we moved cities for our partner. Uh, mm. And uh, what else? What else? Oh yes, that's right. I while I was stalking your profile, you you also used to do the soup van, which I. Used to did as well so oh no kidding pretty interesting oh
1: wow because pretty much like um yeah i just connected <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's a bit weird but uh and and now we're connected through this facebook group you know uh which is pretty interesting but mate joel thank you so much for your time and sharing today That was my
1: pleasure yeah
0: and uh what, what i can say is good luck uh in queensland i think uh, <laughs> a big move is probably good because as we record this we're about to go into another lockdown um but uh <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, uh, well, well, we've had our fair share of lockdowns as well, so um, mm. it's pretty much just a bet who's next. Um, it's probably yeah. going to be Queensland because it just seems to alternate between the two.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it, let's 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 hope it uh, doesn't go there. But you know, what can say we're we're living in unusual times, um, and but at the same time, it's it's um, you know it's working. In terms of say the broker channels, uh, I think businesses is, is is up, which is really good for everyone. Mm. Um, and um, you know, and and we're using technology to make friends and 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 basically build businesses where this probably wouldn't have happened before in the past. So,
1: mm, no, hundred percent. And it's, um, in, in mentioning that as well, I don't think I've actually would have found finance and coffee with out um because obviously the focus being work from home um Mm. there's a good chance i probably wouldn't have found the group without it uh, without doing so so you know one thing (laughs) after another yeah one leads to another
0: absolutely well mate, thank you so much for your time again uh and looking forward to catching up with you in real sorry in, in real life one time
1: yeah in person i'll be looking forward to that okay thank you thanks mate bye for now